0: there elwood city limits listeners it's will and it's time once again for an elwood city limits arthur season recap podcast now this one's going to be a little bit different because we're going to have something coming up after myself and lucas give our opinion on the arthur season that was we're going to be looking at uh another piece of arthur content Uh, To kind of help to bookend this I know that if you are just listening to the show for the first time or if you've been listening to this show for the past eh, 10 or so episodes you probably have a pretty good idea of how Lucas and I feel about uh, this season and which episodes will be on this countdown and I know that you know the season the season recaps I feel are important for us because they help to kind of center where we feel we are with the show and uh, it also spurs discussion. Uh, among you and among us as to what our favorite episodes were and maybe what our least favorite episodes were as well. Um, but I know that they can be, you know, we've been, this is the 11th time we're doing it, so you can kind of expect uh, I'm always I'm always a little afraid that maybe these all sound the same. So to help distinguish this one a little bit, we, me and Lucas are going to be doing something uh, a little bit unique uh, for the tail end of this episode. But before we get to that, um, we're going to start off I'm going to do my top 5 for season 11. Then we're going to throw to Lucas. Then we're going to have a little bit of a break and then we're going to come back with our second half of the episode. So season 11, I got to be honest, wasn't really feeling this one. And that's and that's that's not really leading up to anything. That's just kind of how I feel. It's I don't know. It, I always have to manage my expectations a little bit because at this point as you as you may know if you've been listening to the show i'm well past the point where i was watching you know this would have debuted in 2007 i would have been going on 17 so i wasn't watching new arthur at the time and i'm not even sure if lucas was still watching arthur at this point as it was airing and little by little we've been getting into the weeds on some of these arthur episodes and what i mean by that is i think there was a point i want to say it was probably like around seasons 5 to 8 some of our uh listeners with better memory than me will probably remember exactly when this was but there was a time when Lucas and I were really wishing that they would like go go nuts with the episode uh ideas and the and the story ideas and I think they have but it's also leading to an unintentional um consequence I suppose in that sometimes they're a little too off the wall especially for an episode that's only 11 minutes long and sometimes it just kind of doesn't work I think one thing that I personally don't really care for are the abundance and I can't believe I'm saying this the abundance of DW episodes now what I mean by that is of course I still appreciate having DW around but it almost seems to be becoming a show of two halves like there's the episodes with Arthur and his family and his friends and then there's the DW centric episodes, stories, I should say. And those seem to be skewing a lot younger. And I find that interesting because the thing I liked about, you know, and, and of course they've done DW episodes in the past, but they've never felt like they were for a younger audience specifically. Now, obviously, people who, uh, children who are four or five can relate to DW more than, um, you know somebody like Arthur who's a little bit more grown up but these ones really feel like i don't know a little bit more basic like i'm thinking about the the episode in season 1 where dw uh, was on the the balance beam and that's not something that is only 4 or 5 year olds can care about like you can get you can get that and it feels like in the last few seasons we've been starting to get dw episodes that are kind of um, a little kitty, like a little kitty for Arthur, and of course that's rich, me saying that, I always have to be like, of course it's kitty, it's for, you know, 30 years old, should be watching this, you know how old I am, I bring it up all the time, <laughs> so I don't want to seem like I'm being overly negative, you know, a, a, a meh season of Arthur, it's still pretty enjoyable to talk about, and you know, we're still doing the the baby Kate episodes which are fine it's i actually f- think that's interesting an interesting way to kind of bring up the show's continuity in a strange way because we're breaking formats so much you might as well kind of throw stuff in there that i mean n- not many kids are going to appreciate but but us the older kids who are watching this uh years later will will understand so we're still keeping with, you know, we're getting Francine episodes and Buster episodes. We're thankfully getting, you know, still Binky episodes. We even got a Fern episode this season. So we're not at all in a bad place. You know, it's just some seasons hit harder than others. And this one, eh, I, I think it didn't benefit from having a bit of a mild start. After that start, it kind of found its legs a little bit. But I don't know. it it's, There are definitely seasons I like more than this one. There are definitely seasons I dislike more than this one. But I'll tell you this, I do have a top five for you for season 11, and I'll start it off here with number five. It's going to be Prunella packs it in. Something I didn't expect was Lucas and I coming around on Prunella, and little by little, it's there. Prunella is a weird, in a strange way, she's a good character to have slightly older kid problems because she's she's nine and even though that's not much of a difference in the grand scheme of things in elementary school this was a problem that you could relate to older kids for high school and university and stuff like that when she had to take extra classes because she's worried about college and that brought me back to being worried about college, something I didn't think about until high school, so I thought that was a really uh, fun thing to talk about through the Arthur lens and I appreciate that Prunella is getting more development and unlike somebody like Muffy is becoming a bit more of a, a well-balanced character. Number 4, I went with Francine's Pilfered Paper. Um I liked this idea. I really liked the uh the introducing of plagiarism and Lucas and I talked about that a lot in the episode. It was a fun episode. And I appreciate that the message here was specific. Again, I feel like this is indicative of how far along we are in Arthur. We're in the double-digit seasons, and now we kind of have to talk about stuff that you're like, does a you know typical third grader really have to worry about this? But at the same time, it is worth, I think it is worth thinking about uh, for a younger audience, and you get to kind of understand what plagiarism means and why it's bad. Uh, before maybe you even have to deal with it but you at least have a little bit of a standing before it becomes part of your life as uh, someone going through school. So cool idea. Number three brains shocking secret I hold this one dear because of it introduces something that although it will not be at the forefront of Arthur Cannon. It is something that can't be taken away. Brain is a year older than everybody. This is a major change, and it also shapes his character a little bit, is that he was not emotionally developed at the time, and, and it allows Brain to kind of be taken down a peg a little bit. Uh, I fear, as as you well know, that we, we feel that Brain is becoming a little bit of an annoying character, where Prunella actually was. It's funny. They kind of almost switched positions. So it's good to have something, take the air out of brain a little bit and uh, to add something to him that is not, um, you know, unlike say when he, you know, developed an interest in, what was it, jazz jazz or blues music or whatever it is and we kind of got to know that. This is like, okay, this changes the way you look at the character if you are following along like we are. So I appreciated that. Number two gotta be the making of Arthur. This is a a landmark episode in some ways, and it was really great to talk about it. It's just such a such a strange curiosity. Yeah, Matt Damon was on an episode of Arthur, and he was pretty funny. Like the the design of him, I think, will outlive that episode and maybe even the show itself, just in terms of how well it can be memed. But yeah, Matt Damon. I mean, what a strange pull for this show. And it re- kind of shows you within a little bit of a a little bit over a 10-year period the reach that something like Arthur has. You know, it's not just every any P- old PBS kids show that could have a certified A-lister like Matt Damon uh in as a guest star. And like he's and he's not like completely dull. He's like actually kind of trying. You know, he's not phoning in a performance as far as I could tell. And the idea completely, by the end of the episode, again, reshapes the way you think about Arthur. Is this all a show within a show? I don't necessarily take it that seriously, but it is a fun thought exercise and definitely was a huge surprise uh, to me, which I always appreciate being surprised this far into the podcast. Number one, you could probably guess, Big Brother Binky. Um this is another thing that I hope will be an indicative change as we go along. It's too early to tell. But I appreciated that again this is an issue that a lot of children will would be facing or not maybe not facing, but an issue a, a fact of life that I'm surprised as I said in the episode I can't believe Arthur didn't get to it earlier, you know. It's adoption. It's such a, it's such a, to me, a normalized part of life, or at least a normalized part of my life, but when you're a kid, it's a little bit hard to understand, and you would think that they would have come to that maybe before this, so I think, I think better late than never uh, to tackle this, it was a fun episode, it changes uh, Binky's dynamic a little bit, I hope we get to see more of his little sister, it was a great way to end this episode, it's 20, 22 minutes of Binky, Uh, I am very happy about that. So there it is. Uh, I'll knock him down one more time. Number five for me, Prunella Paxadin. Number four, Francine's Pilfered Paper. Three, Brain's Shocking Secret. Number two, The Making of Arthur. And number one, Big Brother Binky on what, in my opinion, was a little bit of an underwhelming season, but there's another one right around the corner. So in just a moment, I'm going to hand things over to Lucas for his top five and his any feelings he has On season 11 and then after the break Lucas and I are going to be talking about an episode of mr. Rogers neighborhood that has quite a lot to do with Arthur this was a uh, suggestion from a listener and uh, yeah I just thought it would be something fun to end off the season with all right Lucas let's hear it hello Elwood City fateful this is
1: a communique From your beloved co-host, Lucas, what's up? Hope uh, everybody's enjoying spring so far. Uh, It's that time. It's time to talk about the top five episodes of the season. Uh, Funny enough, uh, this is one of the first ones we've done since we started doing the uh, For the Kids show. And it made me realize, going back and looking through some of the episodes... Uh, it really has been uh, on this season, we've been on this season, rather, for a- quite a long time, um, since last November, or, or November 2020. So, it's it's been interesting to uh, go back and, and revisit some of those older episodes to figure out uh, what my opinion was, uh, because, let me tell you, I don't remember. Um, But I've done my due diligence. Uh, But since it's an award season, I thought I'd always always throw in something a little bit extra here for the heads. Um, Everybody's talking about Oscars. It's going to be Oscar week. Um, And I haven't really seen a lot of the uh, Best Picture nominees, Uh, but I did see the movie uh, that's nominated for Best Foreign Feature, Another Round, uh, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Um, and I would say that was probably my favorite movie of 2020. I highly recommend it. Um, it's really funny, uh, surprisingly so for a drama about, like, alcoholism, but it's really funny, uh, a unique movie. Um, and yeah, it was my favorite movie I saw in 2020, uh, a year that there wasn't really a lot of big movies in because of, you know, the global pandemic. But pandemic aside, we're not talking about movies, we're talking about Arthur episodes. So let's go without further ado. Number five, the making of Arthur. This is the first episode to really make me and Will take a step back and kind of look at the entire show in a new light. Uh, you'll know what I'm talking about if you go back and listen to it, but let's just say it's the M. Night Shyamalan directed uh, uh, feature of Arthur episodes. It's got this big twist that that really turns the whole series on its head. And also, you know, it's got Matt Damon in it, which is... Um, which is, you know, really novel. Uh, it's also one of those episodes that kind of celebrates amateur filmmaking. Things like Be Kind Rewind, or uh, things like Super Age, or things that are kind of about celebrate, you know, American movie. Celebrating the amateur filmmaker, the child filmmaker. Uh, and so I had an appreciation for that. Coming in at number four, we have Germaphobia. The most viscerally disgusting Cronenbergian body horror episode uh, yet. Uh, totally fun. To see Buster enter into the depths of depravity, Uh, just absolutely stomach churning. Uh, If you think you can handle it, uh, check out Germaphobia. Number three, Prunella packs it in. This is a very personal episode for me uh, because I work as my day job in university admissions and so kind of watching prunella stress about this process uh, is something that uh, reminded me of kind of the kids i talk to every day as a part of my job and trying to guide them through the university admissions process so this was a really personal episode for me and i think it handled the subject matter really well Uh, number two and feel free to uh, accuse me of recency bias Uh, But we have Big Brother Binky, the last episode of the season. It's almost cheating because it is uh, the longest episode of the season as well, coming in at 24 minutes as opposed to the regular 11, or rather 22 minutes. One of the best season enders ever. Uh, Really magnificent Binky episode and a great introduction to a new member of the Arthur canon, Mei Lin, uh, which is uh, a character that I'm really excited to see more from. Um, So yeah, liked that episode, I loved all the stuff in China, uh, and I thought it was a a good episode to deal with kind of a complicated topic, and adoption, and international adoption, and I thought, oh, it was a great binky performance. Uh, Not my favorite binky performance of the year, though, that would be in my favorite episode, not the year, of the season, Uh, that would be in my favorite episode, Dancing Fools. Uh, I loved this episode. And I would count this amongst my, my favorite Arthur episodes of all time. Definitely my favorite episode of the season. Really funny. Uh, I loved the pairing of Francine and George. They're a great odd couple. Um, Muffy is kind of a pseudo-antagonist. is really funny. And, of course, bringing up the rear, there's some amazing Binky moments. The best Binky moments of the season in this episode. You know, Binky being an 80s movie dance bully is just uh, an image I'm never going to forget. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I... I hold it up there in in the same regard as like Uncle Dave's Country Farm in the same regard as as that Snowstorm episode this is a really truly special Arthur episode in my opinion Um, so yeah I hope you liked my list I want to know what your list is in the Discord Um, and I'm curious also to see what Will has to say because often we have different picks so uh, until next season uh, I hope to uh, well you'll hear from me again soon I was going to say hope to hear from you but yeah you can Email said the email and all that stuff. I'm just kind of rambling now. So yeah, have a great uh, evening or morning or whenever you're listening to this. This is Lucas from Elwood City Limits. Oh my God, I'm so excited! I dropped my phone. All right, bye guys.
0: This podcast is supported by listeners like you, and here's how: over on our social networks, you can follow us and find the latest updates and some fun photos. Facebook.com/slash Elwood City Limits at ECL Podcast on Twitter, ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com, and Elwood City Limits on Instagram. You can support us monetarily by going over to patreon.com slash Elwood City If you become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to exclusive audio content like our new PBS Kids show, movie reviews, and sneak previews of upcoming content support us as well by going to teespring.com stores slash Elwood dash city limits dash store or search Elwood City Limits on Teespring. Buy yourself a t-shirt, a tank top, or a hoodie with the Elwood City Limits logo or an exclusive design by our friend Josh. Elwood City Limits is available online at libsyn.com Elwood City Limits where you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. Is it not on your favorite app? Let us know and you can always help us by spreading the word, tell your friends, and send Send us a message either on social media or an email, ElwoodCityLimitsGmail.com. Thank you so much for your continued support, and now let's get back to the show. Well, Lucas, after a little bit of talk about what we thought about Arthur season 11, um, I thought it would be fun for us to do something for the listeners at the end of, you know, your typical season recap of Arthur and branch out into a piece of media that actually ties in very well to our Patreon content, our our sister podcast for the kids, a PBS kids podcast. And uh, in this case, we're going to be talking about um a good portion of an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, uh, the episode called Go Stop Go, and it has a lot to do with Arthur. Were you happy to um, to step back into yes, the world it was, of Mr. You know, Rogers? stepping back
1: into the world of Mr. Rogers. It's, it's to uh, uh, forgive me for being on the nose, but it's like running into an old neighbor, Will, that you haven't seen in a long time. Uh, But I was actually even more surprised by some of the other people that we checked in with this week.
0: Yeah, and we definitely will be getting into that. So, of course, we already did a full-length episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast on our Patreon about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, so we're not going to be really going into the history, and we aren't going to be covering this episode in full, but there is a large portion of it that is that happens to concern Arthur, and this is at the uh, request of one of our listeners, and I thought it would just be a fun thing for us to do. So, like I said, it's the episode called Go, Stop, Go. This air in on July 30th 1999 for reference Arthur meets Mr. Rogers which was way back in the second season aired in October 1997 so by this point Mr. Rogers is an old friend of those people who develop Arthur and we'll see just how close of a friend in just a moment so the episode starts off with the typical Mr. Rogers welcoming ceremony and he has something in a bag, a, a zipper right. in a bag. And he bag.
1: asks us to guess what's in the bag or what's not in the bag. Um, and he kind of proposes the question in a way that it could, like, it could literally be anything. Um, it, it reminded me of that old meme where it's like a picture of the book, uh, What They Teach You in Harvest, Harvard Business School, and then another book that says, What They Don't Teach You in Harvard Business School and the captions like these two books gr- contain the grand sum of all human knowledge
0: <laughs> um so i i can't say i i necessarily guessed it but i did like i audibly gasped when he opened the, the and, and it was, same. And same, he, same and it was an arthur doll like i knew what we were getting up to but i didn't know exactly how arthur was going to play into this episode and when it was the little arthur doll i was like oh my gosh you know i was yeah was very over 20 tickled.
1: years before avengers endgame this was the greatest crossover in history
0: uh and what's more in that bag he has several drawings that were made by mark brown himself of arthur in the world of make-believe so meeting all of the mr rogers characters there's king friday and uh tuesday his son and um the the owl named X, who I wasn't really aware of before today, and also uh, Daniel Tiger. The drawings themselves are beautiful.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Mark Brown, you know, it's it's, it's what we've come to expect. Um, and they're definitely at the quality of like some of the more complete and detailed drawings you would find in an Arthur picture book, as opposed to some of the more kind of storyboardy or doodly Mark Brown drawings we've seen.
0: Yes, or some of like the much older ones. Uh, Mark Brown, for sure, as most artists do, um, improved a lot in uh, in creating Arthur over the years. And uh, you can definitely see it here. These are very vibrant and very pleasant to look at. So the big part of this first half of the episode is that Mr. Rogers takes us along to visit Mark Brown's home studio. Which previous listeners would know, um, we looked at a video of, uh, it was me... Oh my gosh! It was me and a guest, and I forget which who it was. Um, we were looking at um, a a tape of Mark Brown giving like a, a a tour of his home studio. So I was kind of like I've seen his drawing room before. I know what it kind of looks like, but uh, yeah, he visits him at home where he's creating a brand new Arthur story. I, I,
1: I, he I forgot to mention that he uh, introduces Mark Brown not as. The creator or writer of arthur but as uh i think the exact word is oh mark brown creates all the arthur
0: things (laughs) yeah i mean he is he's like the he's the 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 root of the arthur tree like one of the strongest roots of the arthur tree if if you catch my meaning um i i just find it funny so mark brown welcomes him in and i find it funny i feel like every time that Mark Brown is interviewed for like PBS or he's in some kind of feature. He always ends up drawing Arthur and explaining how to draw Arthur.
1: Yeah, the old and I think the reason is because it's like it's not like this advice is actually that useful in reality. If you were like illustrating an Arthur book, because this advice only tells you how to draw Arthur from like straight on, Um, um, not even his profile, but like if he's facing you. Um, and it's because Arthur, it's to illustrate that Arthur is made up much like a lot of cartoon characters of simple shapes, right? He's basically three circles with some detail. Um, and that's how you make the Arthur character. So I guess this is just an exercise for kids uh, to show how easy it can be to draw Arthur. Um, Cause you're right. I feel like we've seen Mark Brown do this whole like, Oh, you draw two circles and then you draw a big U and then you draw a smaller U um a million times. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's just like I feel it's just like it'd be nice to just talk to Mark Brown without having him use his giant felt marker to draw an Arthur head, but you know, may I live to dream that someday. Um this is we get a little bit of insight here, so it's a conversation about like not just how to draw Arthur, but kind of where the stories come from. It's kind of stuff you and I you and I and other Arthur fans may have heard before, but it's you know, how Arthur is basically Mark Brown is a child. DW is kind of a composite of all of his sisters. Buster is, uh, you know, an exaggerated version of his childhood best friend. He talks about how he had a Grandma Thora himself. So, uh...
1: And and some of those were really big revelations to me. I didn't know he had a literal Grandma Thora. uh, And I certainly didn't know about how he had a best friend that was just like Buster. That's really interesting. And it really makes me think about you know, what was this kid like this kid in third grade? Was he actually obsessed with aliens? Uh, I had no idea that Buster was based on a real person.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's just kind of, and like we always said about Elwood city, it's kind of drawn on where Mark Brown grew up as a child. So this is kind of that confirmation. Um, there's a, I also found there's a bit of an awkward energy. So the Mr. Rogers episode that we watched was very much kind of driven by him, and he's a natural in front of the camera. He's a very dynamic presence. He knows how to keep a scene going. But there's a little bit of an awkward energy in the bits between... Well, you know, there's a part where they walk into a different room and they put a tape on and it's part of the part of the uh, Arthur meets Mr. Rogers episode. And they kind of have a little bit of like ch- like chit chat, a little bit of small talk. And it's a little it's a little awkward. I'm not used to Mr. Rogers kind of being <laughs> awkward. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's like uh it's oh grandpa's both gr- our grandpas are confused uh no I mean uh, and, and Matt Brown, Mark Brown isn't even that old but uh, they do have kind of this like stilted way of talking it's still kind of endearing and cute uh but I agree that there's there's a weird. It's it's hard to put uh my finger on, but there is kind of a strange, kind of stilted energy to these exchanges between Mark Brown and, and Mr. Rogers. Um, it, it's, I think it's because we're not used to Mr. Rogers interacting with just, like, a regular guy. He's usually either interacting with some, you know... Uh, showboaty singing postman or he's interacting with a, a king puppet. Um, he, uh, I, I think his normality works well as like a straight man contrasting against those characters where when he's talking to Matt Brown who is also just kind of a guy uh, you're like, man, these two white dudes sure are yeah, they love their well Well, and it's
0: also just like okay they're, they're like acquaintances you know they're not like hey what's going on pal what's going on buddy just like you know hey nice to see you again and they have to be a little stilted with the camera in the room um so i knew i kind of had a feeling that you know this would be talking to mark brown i didn't expect the voice In 1999, of Arthur, Michael Yarmish appearing uh, briefly, and Mr. Rogers notes him as the voice of Arthur. He even does a little bit of the Arthur voice while holding up the Arthur doll that Mr. Rogers brought with him. And the funny thing is that apparently, like, it's not it's not so much so like Michael Yarmish walks into the shot. This is in like Mark Brown's drawing room, and then eventually Mr. Rogers sees himself out. But Michael Yarmish sticks around apparently to help consult on an (laughs) Arthur script.
1: Yeah, this was probably the most fictionalized part of this episode. First of all, I don't think Mark Brown is doing the Arthur scripts whatsoever. That's like the writing team. Like, they might send them off to him for approval, but um, from all of the interviews and research we've conducted thus far... I uh, I I feel like he's actually pretty hands off with the day to day of the show, uh, and maybe for simplicity's sake, they kind of make it seem like he is the sole writer of these Arthur scripts. And then also, Michael Yarmish gets input, which I also probably think never happened. Um, but I will say that yes, when Michael Yarmish first appears on the scene, that was my second gasp of the episode because I don't think I knew what Michael Yarmish looked like um and it's it's just crazy it's just like oh that's the I did because
0: he was on a live action comedy show on YTV called Radioactive so I knew what he looked like but I imagine it was surprising and especially to hear him like do the Arthur voice in real life and there is like a funny exchange as Mr. Rogers walks out and he's just like uh Mark Brown's like all right Michael let's take a look at this uh yes this script's it's gonna need a lot of work (laughs) this is like okay like (laughs) what do you expect him to do it about it he's like 12 um so uh, mr rogers leaves and i kind of thought that that might be the end of it but no actually the arthur accompaniment goes into the middle of the episode which is the part about going into the kingdom of make-believe uh and in fact Arthur himself makes an appearance in the kingdom of make-believe, along with uh, the human actor, uh, her character's name is Lady Aberlin. So, you know, we get Trolley, Trolley goes into the kingdom of make-believe, and everybody, all of the characters, just like in the Mark Brown drawings, are meeting Arthur.
1: Yeah, this was uh, really interesting because there was like this disconnect. Like when, when Michael Yarmish showed up the first time and he's kind of holding up the Arthur doll and he's doing the Arthur voice, there's still this kind of disconnect where it's like, oh, OK, like I see him there. Um, so I have trouble picturing Arthur. I'm just more so kind of looking at Michael Yarmish talk. And it's not that different than his regular speaking voice, too. Um, but this is totally different where in not being able to see Michael Yarmish. Um, this is actually quite novel and it's like, oh my goodness, this is Arthur transported to the, the world of make-believe. Like I was able to totally suspend my disbelief and uh, no longer is this just Michael Yarmish holding up a puppet, but this is Arthur incarnate, uh, brought to life, uh, with, with movie magic to be able to talk to the, the, uh, residents of the land of make-believe i thought this was this was really fun
0: yeah it was very cute and it involved a lot of like i don't know it might have just been you know dubbed in post or something but a lot of it involved lady aberlin carrying around the arthur doll and then michael Yarmish doing the voice of arthur now i found this interesting and i wondered if maybe so from from the interview, some of the interviews we've done and kind of the, what little knowledge we have of how Arthur is created. We're not like in the know or anything like that. But what I do know is that they tend to record several seasons all at the same time. And I wondered, um, If this was past the point of like, I wonder if Michael Yarmish had any more Arthur, Arthur episodes to voice because I found that his Arthur voice was already starting to get a little old like this. Mm. This aired in 1999. He would be done on the show by the year 2000, which would have been like the fifth season, I want to say. And he sounds enough like Arthur, but there's a little bit of a difference where I'm like, yeah, you're not going to sound like Arthur for too much longer.
1: No, I noticed that too. In fact, like when he first showed up uh, and, and this was kind of exacerbated by the fact that he's just kind of standing there talking. But when he first showed up and he does the Arthur voice for uh, Mr. Rogers, I was like, it doesn't quite sound like Arthur. Um, and that's what I would attribute it to is that he's yeah already aging out of the role.
0: But it is still cool. And there is enough of it there that it's, you know, you, you can you can kind of you can meet it halfway. Um so Arthur goes around basically just meeting all of the characters. Uh, like I said, I was not familiar with X, the owl, uh, which is apparently just Fred Rogers taking a southern accent for a walk, which I found uh, uh, very charming. And eventually there's a lot of mention of like Arthur uh, playing with like Daniel Tiger and Tuesday and. Um, and it's just like, there's, I think they say playing like 10 or 15 times. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to play with Arthur. You're great at playing, Arthur. And there's very little reference to what exactly that means, except Daniel Tiger's like, I have my my cars out and we're ready to play. And it's just like, OK, we're going to get to play in here.
1: Mm, yeah. What do we got like connects like a Super Nintendo? What are we dealing with?
0: Yeah, that's what I, that's what I want to know. 1999. Um, I wonder if Daniel Tiger is like a PS1, maybe.
1: Yeah, Daniel Tigers playing Battle Arena Toshinden 3 uh, with Arthur.
0: <laughs> anyway, very cute stuff and I and as we mentioned in our Patreon episode The Kingdom of Make Believe uh parts of a Mr. Rogers' neighborhood episode are generally quite a bit of fun and that is pretty much where the art the arthur part of the episode ends the second half of this episode we get a a riveting sequence of how to build a stoplight this was kind of cool though i did i did like this it's i think this as a kid i would have been bored by this but watching it here i was like you know what? I don't know how a stoplight is made. And and um, they go, they, Mr. McFeely has a video of how it's made. Mr. McFeely, the postman and shows basically just goes down a factory line and shows in detail and up close how a traffic light is made because Mr. Rogers has a traffic light in his home. So um, I don't know. I, I just, I just, I guess I have a new appreciation for this kind of content. Whereas it's like, as an adult, I might seek out a YouTube video of like, "How's this? A, how's, a, how's a stoplight made?" So, you ever, y-
1: you ever a big "How it's made" watcher?
0: How it's made? Oh, the 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 YouTube channel.
1: Or no, no the the television show How It's Made. Ooh. it's like a docu series, uh, and it, it, they always go basically into factories and and assembly lines, and they'll pick a subject for the episode, and it's like, okay, hot dogs, how are they made? That's probably a pretty foul one, actually, but like uh, a, a Nissan would be an example. I think it was on Discovery Channel
0: um i didn't i, I never, watch that
1: all the time when i was a kid
0: i never watched much discovery channel uh back in the day so no actually i i didn't know that existed until just now so maybe i need to look up some back episodes or how stuff works or something like that i just think i just think it's kind of stuff you may may take for granted at a younger age but now it's just like ah, oh, this is cool this is a neat way to kind of have that answered for you um i would i mean there's not really a whole lot for us to say after that, because once they're done and Mr. McFeely leaves, then, uh, Mr. Rogers is out the door and singing his exit song. I would encourage everybody to check this out. It's pretty much, you know, if you put in Mr. Rogers neighborhood, um, stop, stop, what oh, why i'm sorry i forgot the name of the go, episode stop, go. go stop go um the arthur stuff in it is cool like at one point they take a look at some animations ce- not animation cells but like some freehand drawings of the mr rogers character from the arthur episode and they look at it um in motion in mm. um that's, in the episode. that's
1: also where mr rogers points out that you know Uh, Or not Mr. Rogers. Uh, Mark Brown points out that he doesn't draw all the pictures for the episode and that there's actually hundreds of animators. I'm glad that they did that because uh, otherwise this episode would lead you to believe that it is a one man show to create the Arthur television program, which me and you know is not true.
0: Absolutely. Uh, But
1: but, uh, Mark Brown does give a shout out to the legions of animators that work on Arthur.
0: So it is a cool like little Arthur curiosity piece. Um, I did I did go check our episode guide here. So January 2020, me and Christine Lescody watched a video visit from Mark Brown, which is also available on YouTube. And you can also combine that with if you're able to find Arthur meets Mr. Rogers. The a word from us kids uh, of that episode is Mr. Rogers talking about how he was a voice on Arthur. So you kind of put all all these three things together and you get a neat little behind the scenes look at how Arthur partially was made back in the day. And this was also a really cool extension of two PBS brands together. And it just so happened to be Arthur and Mr. Rogers, which in my eyes are two of the most agreeable properties uh, in PBS history. So this was nice. I always, I, 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 I said it as much when we watched the episode for our Patreon show, it was a really nice kind of half hour chunk of time to watch that Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood episode and just kind of take things slowly and peacefully and with a positive attitude. Well, Lucas, thank you very much for uh, hopping on and joining me to talk about this. Um, Like I said, cheered me up a little bit, which is great because I'm going to need some cheering up. I looked up... um (sighs) I looked up my theater listings, my local theater listings for what's going to be happening on our <laughs> Patreon next week. And technically, because of everything that's been going on in this world, there's a lot of movies that are sticking around in theaters. And one of them happens to be our next ECL movie review, which is coming out next week for our patrons. When Lucas and I take a look at the Monster Hunter adaptation.
1: Yes. the Yes. The number one movie of 2020.
0: And I know we've been. Um, ta- I know- I,
1: I, yeah, I know it's. I, I mentioned this in my top five list. Well, it's Oscar season. You know, Oscar buzz is in the air. What's going to win Best Picture? Is it going to be Minari? Is it going to be Sound of Metal? Is it going to be Nomadland? Well, I think uh, after, uh, I think Patreon subscribers will have to find out. Uh, If maybe Monster Hunter, Paul W.S. Anderson, the auteur, Paul W.S. Anderson's Monster Hunter will be a front brother for Best Picture. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see how we feel about that indeed. Um, So that's coming exclusively for for our patrons next week. Then the week after that, we're going to be getting back into Arthur Prime. We're going to be opening up a new season, season 12. Very excited for that. And a week after that, we're going to be getting into another episode of For the Kids, a PBS kids podcast and that one is going to be left up to a vote and patrons will know all about that vote let's see probably uh not long after the monster hunter review comes out i will put up that poll it'll be two shows this time and we'll talk about that more in the future uh lucas again thank you very much for joining me here it was uh it's always good to kind of explore these little pieces of arth of arthur ephemera
1: yeah, of course. Uh, uh, happy to be here, and I can't wait to hear your list, Will. I haven't heard it yet.
0: My list. Of, my list of what?
1: Oh, your uh, top five Arthur episodes of the season.
0: Oh, yes, of course. I'm just like, duh, my list of what? Like, I didn't just record it today. Yes, Mm -hmm. and because I'm the editor of the show, I'm interested to hear yours as well. So for Lucas Mancini, my name is Will Young. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, and patrons will see you soon. And everybody else, we will see you in just a couple of weeks for the start of a new season of Arthur.